Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Elven Love Slave Part 1 by Alinea An Orc's Elven Love Slave Chapter 1 Aronia moved swiftly about her kitchen, arranged in the typical fashion for a small elven village, stirring the stew for her husband Kalan, and adding spices as he always instructed her to. It makes no difference, she thought to herself dejectedly. He always complained no matter what she did. She pulled her silvery hair back behind her pointed elven ears to keep it away from the stew and kept working. Her marriage to her husband had been arranged for her at a very young age as was customary for elven families living in the countryside. Her family was of modest means and Aronia had never been especially sought after. While she had a pleasant face, elven men preferred their women petite and slender, with a slim frame and a slight backside. Aronia was anything but that she was very tall for an elven woman, with a thick, ample body. Her breasts too full, her hips too wide, and her but far too large for elven tastes, she had an elegant elven nose, pale blue eyes, and a light, milky complexion. She stood nearly a foot taller than her husband, and Kalan had always resented her for it. Although Aronia had grown accustomed to it, her husband constantly belittled her for her stature, and mocked her wide hips and bottom as signs of low breeding. In truth, Kalan had never shown her much tenderness or love at all but that was hardly surprising given her lot in life. Kalan gave her a home and a bed, and that was all one could ask for. Just as the stew came to a boil, Aronia heard Kalan squawk from their other room, heard him get up and move about, and she momentarily feared he might be coming to berate her. Then she heard more yelling coming from outside, and she hesitantly moved to her kitchen window. At first she saw nothing, but heard a distant, strange drumbeat. After a moment, she saw fire begin to leap from the roofs of two nearby houses, saw other villagers fleeing something and then heard the guttural, unmistakable bellow of an orc. The village was being raided. Aronia screamed in alarm and called for Kalan, and she rushed from her kitchen in such a hurry that she knocked over her stew pot. When she entered their living quarters, she again pleaded for her husband, but was met with silence. Panicked. Aronia briefly looked outside hoping Kalan was waiting for her there. To her horror, he was nowhere to be found. As the crashing sounds grew closer, she decided she had no choice, so she ran back to her window and squeezed herself out of it, hoping to avoid detection, but she was too late. As soon as Aronia stood up, a huge, hulking orc loomed above her. Please! she cried, and held up her hands for mercy. The orc seemed to look at her for a moment considering. Then she saw him lift his huge club above his head, and the world went black. It had been days since the assault, and for Aronia, her village already seemed a distant memory. The captives from the raid, all women, sat with feet bound and hands tied by ropes to poles in a tent in the Orsish camp. The women's clothing was torn and burned from the assault, some of them exposed far more than they wished to be. All the elven men were gone. Aronia learned that her husband Kalan had quickly escaped when he saw the orcs approaching, without even making the faintest attempt to warn her. The remaining women looked around with equal parts fatigue and fear. They knew from the primitive elvish the orcs had communicated with that they would be divvied up as slaves by the conquering warriors. Tonight was that time she would soon discover which of these huge creatures would claim her as their OWN.AS evening approached the captive tent began to fill with Orsish soldiers. Aronia looked around uneasily. All these orcs, both male and female, were monstrous, ugly, heavily muscled beasts, and she dreaded the thought of being chosen by any of them. She supposed she hoped that she was chosen by a female, but their faces were not much kinder than the males. Once the sun had fully set, the auctions began. The first elven woman, a petite elf Aronia did not know with purple markings on her face, was brought up on the auctioneer's pedestal. The girl, like the rest of the prisoners, looked terrified and exhausted. The orcs began yelling in the Orsish tongue she did not understand, and the elven girl began to whimper. The yelling went on for some time. 
Finally, a winner was declared, and the elven woman was shown to her new master. The elf looked up at him, and he reached around her, placing a collar with engravings Zeronia did not recognize around her neck. The girl was led away, and another small elf was placed upon the pedestal. The yelling began anew. One by one this proceeded, each woman being placed in a collar and led away by their new owners. After a dozen women had gone, Aronia's turn came, and the auctioneer grabbed her arm and roughly shoved her on to the pedestal. Aronia felt a rock in the pit of her stomach as she looked upon the remaining orcs one of these creatures would claim her, and each looked more brutish than the last. The auctioneer shouted something in Orsish, and the bidding began. As the orcs began to examine her, Aronia suddenly felt very naked. She made a pathetic attempt to cover herself, but the auctioneer moved her hands away. The orcs began yelling more loudly, and then more loudly still. Aronia sensed these orcs were particularly keen to own her, but she could not understand why point one orc yelled something at the auctioneer. The trader quickly got up and grabbed Aronia again by the arm, turning her around for the orcs to look at her from every angle. The orcs had not done this to other girls, and she did not know what it meant. While Aronia had been trying desperately not to cry, the sea of ferocious orsish faces before her finally broke her. She began to sob. Why had Kalan left her? She thought. Why did he abandon me to this fate? As she was twisted this way and that, the orsish yelling reached a fever pitch. Aronia could not quiet her crying. Suddenly, from the back of the tent, came a strong, deep voice from an orc she could not see. Immediately there was silence. The other orc stopped fighting over her, and a path parted for the orc to come forward. Aronia saw him for the first time he was especially heavily muscled and very tall, with a fully shaven head, dark gray skin, a broad nose, and a strong jawline. His yellow, piercing eyes looked intently at her. Even for an orc, he looked incredibly fierce, and it was clear all the other orcs deferred to him. Aronia's bindings were undone, and she was taken down from the pedestal. She quickly soothed her wrists and stood timidly. The huge orc came toward her, reached out his hand, and in that deep, strong voice spoke in perfect elvish. Come! You are mine now! Aronia was so shocked to hear him speak her native tongue that she took his hand instinctively. Despite her height for an elf, her hand was dwarfed in his, and his dark gray skin tone was an extreme contrast to her pale, milky hue. The orc led Aronia aside, and a path was made in front of them. Another orc handed her new master one of those strange collars, and he came forward with it. He spoke again in perfect elvish. This is a collar of command, and it binds your will to mine. It marks you as my own. He reached out much more gently than she expected, giving Aronia time to stretch her neck out. The collar snapped around her. Does it hurt? The orc asked. No, I think. She stammered confusedly, overwhelmed by the situation. No, it is fine. It doesn't hurt. Aronia began drying her eyes. The orc smiled and turned to the other orcs in the tent. He bellowed something in Orsish, and the other orcs resumed their cheering and chanting. Only then did Aronia notice that the tent had remained almost completely silent since the moment her new master had spoken out. With the cheering in the tent resumed, the orc held out his hand once again. Come then. I will lead you to your new home. As auctions began again for the remaining elven women, the orc held open the tent flap and led Aronia out into the night anxious and afraid, she followed. The orc walked Aronia through the encampment in the darkness, and as he did so, she learned that his name was Varad, son of the King Korgak. Varad was now the war chief of the Frostbear Orc clan, and he ruled over several united Orsish tribes. It explained why the other orcs deferred to him so readily. From birth, Varad's father had been preparing his son to rule in his place, and it was through these teachings that Varad had learned Elvish. He was incredibly articulate. The orc's Elvish was better than many of the elves she lived with in the countryside. She had been led to believe that all orcs were brutish, dim-witted monsters, but this orc, at least, was not. Since taking command himself, Varad had already proven an immensely capable general. While orcs and elves had been at war for generations, Varad had led the orcs to a slew of conquests, 
and Aronia's village was one of these. Eventually, they arrived at Aronia's new home, a large Orsish fortress. Or perhaps a palace, larger than any building Aronia had ever seen in the elven countryside. She could not help but gawk at its vaulted stone arches. The palace had a brutal aesthetic, comprised mostly of rock, wood, and bone, but it was grand in its own way. A. As she looked about, she noticed Verid was staring at her. His eyes were intense, and she did not understand what it meant. Verid walked the elf through the palace until they reached a heavy wooden door, and Verid led her inside. It was a large bedroom with an equally large bed. Aronia suddenly worried that Verid was pawning her to some other Orsish noble. At least this one could speak her tongue. She turned to Verid fearfully. What? She stammered, suddenly remembering the orc's title. Master, what is this place? It will be your slave quarters. Verid replied. Aronia's mouth fell open. She was stunned. This is not how she expected slaves to be treated. Elven warriors had captured many orcs in their time, and they were certainly not this generous to Orsish prisoners. She looked around the room, larger than the hut she and her husband had lived in, and then back at Verid. Are, are all slaves treated this way? She asked timidly. Verid shook his head. Not all. But I lead the tribes now, and our ways are changing. He paused. The other captives will not be harmed. Aronia almost breathed a sigh of relief. She had feared the dungeons, or worse, but she could not hide her confusion. She stood still for a moment, trying to understand what was happening. Finally, she asked the question that bothered her most. Master, why did you choose me? He paused for a moment, looking at her, considering. Those yellow eyes stared into her. After a long silence, he spoke. Because you are the most beautiful creature I have ever seen. He said flatly. It was then Aronia understood the intensity of Verid's gaze, and she became nervous once more. Verid's nostrils flared, and he was breathing heavily. She could see his massive muscles tensing as he looked upon her, his gaze traveling up and down her soft, voluptuous body. She remembered once again that her elven clothes were in tatters, and much of her body was plain to see. Her insecurity returned. She had always been ashamed of her body but Verid leered at her in a way that no elven man ever had. It was plain that he very much desired her. She noticed, underneath his orsish leggings, that a large bulge was growing in Verid's pants. Aronia began to breathe heavily on her own, both uncertain and nervous. Finally, Verid spoke again. Take off what remains of your clothes. Here, Aronia hesitated. She did not know what she expected as a slave, but it had not been this. Orcs were much larger than elves, and typically saw elves as enemies, not potential mates. Perhaps her uncommon height had changed that. She was still at least a foot shorter than Verid, but much closer to him than most elven women. Verid stared intently at her, and his voice grew forceful. He leaned in imposingly. Take off your clothes, he commanded. The collar around Aronia's neck began to heat up rapidly. Frightened, Aronia felt at her neck and realized what was happening. She quickly took the tatters of her elven dress off, leaving her completely exposed. She futilely tried to cover her full breasts and her sex with her hands. Verid remained silent and continued looking at her intently with those hungry, lustful eyes even Aronia's husband had never looked at her that way. He stepped closer to her, and she could feel the heat radiating from his huge, orsish body. Verid reached out, and Aronia flinched. She feared a rough grab like that of the auctioneer, but instead he gently placed his hand upon her waist. He lightly stroked her hip and belly, and Aronia shivered. After a moment, Verid stepped back again. Confused, Aronia's pointed ears flicked reflexively. She felt overwhelmed by all that was happening, and her heart was fluttering. This orc was huge and fierce, and she could hardly forget that she was his prisoner. But her bedroom was beautiful, his touch was gentle, and feeling so desired made her feel heady. She knew that Verid could force himself upon her at any moment with her collar, yet he stood and patiently waited. Slowly, Aronia let her hands fall from her breasts, and she left herself nude in front of him. Verid looked upon her body a moment longer, then began to disrobe. The orc took off his shirt, 
and his dark muscles rippled across his chest. His chest and shoulders were broad and strong and tapered to his well-defined, equally muscular abdomen. Vera then removed his leggings, revealing his thick, brawny legs, and his orsish cock sprung forward. Aronia could not help but stare Vered's member was huge and fully erect. Dark gray like the rest of the orc, it was covered in veined bumps and ridges. It was much less elegant than her husband's penis, but he must have been twice the size of any elven man. Heart still fluttering, a wave of trepidation washed over Aronia. She was not sure that thing would even fit in her. Master, she said, her lips trembling. I, I do not know if I, I do not know if we can mate, she said. She hoped he might relent. Vered was undeterred. He reached down and effortlessly lifted her into his arms, gently placing her on the bed. Aronia could not calm her nervousness. She was accustomed to her much shorter, slighter husband, while Vered was much taller than she and enormously strong. She felt dwarfed by him. Sensing her fear, Vered again placed his hand softly on her belly and gently stroked it, as if to soothe her. Her belly lightly convulsed again at his touch. His yellow eyes stared into her pale blue ones. You must calm yourself, he said. He looked at her more intensely again. Calm. Aronia felt her collar around her neck once more, and felt it urging her to obey. Slowly, she melted into the bed, and her breathing became lighter. She was still anxious, but she could tell that Vered did not mean to harm her. Vered moved his hand from her belly to her pale thighs, and continued lightly stroking her. She shivered. He gently moved his strokes toward her sex, and she looked up into his eyes again. Slowly, her legs splayed open for him, and the huge orc got up and moved his face between her legs. Aronia had not anticipated Vered would be so gentle with her. The collar had been necessary to force Aronia to relax, but gradually she was relaxing of her own accord. The orc stroked her inner thighs, then began tenderly kissing and licking the lips of her pussy. Taken aback by the tenderness of his touch, Aronia lightly sighed. Vered moved his tongue along the length of her sex, eventually flicking across her clit. Aronia's husband almost never engaged her like this. He was rarely concerned for anything but his own satisfaction. The huge orc kissed at her slit gently yet incessantly, and without realizing it, Aronia began to writhe and convulse under his ministrations. She had not known how broad Orsish tongues were, and she began to moan more loudly. Vered did not relent. He kissed and licked at her with increasing fervor, running his thick tongue over her folds, then swirling it over her clit, until Aronia became fully lost in the moment. He developed a rhythm, running his tongue over her inner lips, then over her clit, and then back again. Aronia's breathing became ragged. As he brought his tongue back up and rolled it over her button once again, she instinctively reached her hands down to grasp his shaven head, and then convulsed and spasmed in orgasm. He held himself there, letting the waves of pleasure pass over her. After letting her recover, Vered stood up, cleaned the juices from his orsish face, and lifted her up once more. Aronia yipped in confusion, but he quickly lay on the bed himself and placed her on top of him. You are ready now he said to reassure her, and gestured for her to place his member inside her dot eye in this position, at least she could control the depth herself. As her silver hair tumbled on to Vered's face, she felt between her legs for his penis and stroked it gently. She felt those bumps and ridges along its sides. It was surprisingly pleasant to the touch. The girth and size meant she could not enclose it with one hand. She began to get nervous again, and her elven ears twitched. I don't know if it will fit, master, she said candidly as she continued to stroke him, both amazed and intimidated by its size that he looked up at her. Elven babies come from there, yes? She paused, then nodded. I will not hurt you. Come, he said. She felt her collar compelling her once more. Aronia took a long breath, relaxed, and began to guide his penis into her. Aronia looked down to see, to her astonishment as the swollen, bulbous head of his orsish cock spread open her sex and pushed inside. Wet and loosened as she was, Aronia's pussy accepted it much more readily than she expected. The thickness of the penis stretched her pussy to its limits, 
and the odd bumps and ridges meant she could feel every little motion, stimulating her walls as it moved deeper into her. She took in only a third of it at first, but then slowly began sinking down further on Barrett's member. With each inch that entered her, she whimpered anew. It stretched her more fully than she had ever felt, and though she was ashamed to admit it, it felt very, very good. As Aronia gradually pushed more of it inside her, Verid grabbed the elf by her hips and started gently thrusting. This caught Aronia by surprise all over again, and she let out another series of whimpers. The feeling was profound slightly painful, but intensely pleasurable. She rocked back and forth softly as Verid thrust further and further into her. Finally, after what seemed like ages, the orc's member was buried entirely in her pussy. Aronia could hardly believe it fit, and the way it stretched her and pressed against her interior walls with its ridges felt exquisite. Verid allowed the elf to stop for a little while, her full, pale bottom now resting against his thighs. Aronia closed her eyes and concentrated on the pleasure. After a moment, the elf began moving again on her own. She shifted her hips back and forth, keeping the orsish cock buried entirely inside her, grinding her pelvis against his, feeling her clit rub gently against his hard, muscular body. She placed a pale elven hand upon his chest for support, which looked small and graceful against his broad, dark chest. Aronia began panting as she ground against him and her elven ears wilted downward in concentration. To her shock, she was nearing another orgasm. The orc watched with satisfaction as Aronia wriggled on top of him, her elven breast swaying as she ground against his groin, sweat beating on her forehead, her eyes still closed in concentration. He no longer needed to encourage her. Her panting grew more ragged as she continued to rock against his hard muscular body, and her chest heaved again, then again. Finally, Aronia cried out, came to a halt on top of him, and pushed herself down as hard as she could into his groin. Her pussy fluttered an orgasm on top of him, squeezing around his cock. This brought Verid to his own climax. He grasped her hips more tightly and growled something in Orsish. Aronia could feel his seed filling her, thicker and hotter than elven cum. His member stretched her so completely that she could feel every pulse, and there was too much for her elven pussy to take. The orc's cum began to flow out of her and stick to her thighs. She sat there on top of him, catching her breath. Finally, she opened her eyes again and looked down at the orc she had just mated with. His gray skin, his sharp jawline, his yellow eyes he was still hardly what any elf woman would call handsome, but she could not deny how much pleasure he had just brought her. She collapsed into his arms, resting her head on his chest, and he held her there for some time, stroking her hair. Eventually, Vera took his leave, and Aronia spread herself out in the huge, soft bed she had been given. She felt the warmth still present between her legs. She briefly thought of her husband, still out there somewhere, and felt a pang of guilt. They had been married for almost two years, and he had given her a home and a bed. Then she thought of his constant criticism, how he called her giant and oafish, and of the day when she was taken— when he had fled their house without even a warning to her. Bitterly, she dismissed those thoughts. As she sleepily contemplated what her new life would bring, she admitted the first night of her enslavement had proved much less terrifying than anticipated. An Orc's Elven Love Slave Chapter 2 It had been several months since Vered had claimed Aronia, and while she would not call herself happy to be a slave— it had certainly proved less horrifying than she had feared when she was first put on that auctioneer's pedestal. The orcs did not treat their prisoners as badly as elves treated theirs, and this seemed to be true for more than just her. While the orcs could be stern, the other elven women she occasionally saw in the camp admitted that they were fed well and given comfortable bedding. Aronia had discovered most of the other women were not used by their masters in the way Verid used her, and instead tasked them with cleaning or cooking. Verid explained that most elven women, smaller and slighter of frame than she was, were not seen as good mates by orsish males. They preferred women like Aronia taller, but softer and more voluptuous. Orc females with wide hips and larger breasts were seen as healthy breeders. It was a strange twist of fate for Aronia that here, she was the one who was lusted after, and not the other elven women. For the first time in her life, 
Aronia felt her body was desired she just wished it did not have to happen in this place. Varad came to Aronia's chamber almost every night, and gradually any remaining reluctance she felt had given way. Having only been with men smaller than she until now, Aronia at first felt intimidated by the way Varad's huge, muscular frame towered over her, but increasingly she had come to like it, and her body had slowly become more accustomed to his size, finding it ever more pleasurable. Like all orcs, Varad could be coarse, but he was a much better and much less selfish lover than her husband had been, and he proved quick to defend her if any orc derided her as a mere slave. While Varad was frighteningly fierce in his role as war chief, when he came to Aronia at night, he was very caring. He would often stay long after they mated, holding her and caressing her softly. While Aronia had come to enjoy Varad's visits, she had been frightfully worried at first about pregnancy. She did not know if such a thing were even possible, but when she imagined returning to Kalan, she knew he would disown her if she arrived with a half-horsish child in her belly. Luckily, while it was rare for an orc to take an elf mate, it was not entirely unheard of and to her great relief, Aronia had learned that no half-orc, half-elf children had ever been born. By the second month of her capture, Varad had begun arranging lessons for Aronia to learn Orsish. A female orc named Bola, who also knew Elvish, would come to her room during the day while Varad was training or commanding his armies. Bola was taller than her elven student, as most Orsish women were, and her skin was a paler gray than Varad's. Her black eyes matched her hair, which was fashioned into a mohawk, and like most Orsish women, she had a full, wide figure. To Aronia's surprise, she and Bola had proven quick friends. The Orsish woman was warm and friendly, a gracious teacher, and she seemed to hold no disdain towards Aronia for being either an elf or a slave. Bola had helped with clothing as well. Aronia's elven dress, destroyed by the first night of her capture, had been replaced by several outfits of female Orsish clothing, comprised of a brown loincloth, a top that wrapped over her shoulders and breasts, and with a bare midriff, it was made for the taller, more thickly built Orsish frame, and thus often looked wrong on the other elven captives, but it fit Aronia's figure quite well. It was perhaps more revealing than she would have liked, but she found it comfortable. On a few days, Bola had also taken Aronia to the kitchen to begin teaching her how to cook Orsish dishes. She had prepared a few for Varad, but she had added some elven spices of her own, and had been pleased to find that Varad had greatly enjoyed each one. It was a welcome change from her husband's constant disdain for everything she made for him. Today, Aronia had been instructed to help Bola with an unfamiliar task she was to prepare bandages and first aid for returning warriors. Aronia was never informed of imminent battles, but she could guess when Varad was leading his army on a raid when he failed to visit her. He had been missing for three days, longer than any time before. As Aronia sat with Bola preparing the cloth bandages, she decided to sate her curiosity. Varad is at war? Aronia asked in Elvish, trying to confirm her suspicions. Bola looked at her for a moment in silence, deciding what was safe to share. Yes. They returned tonight. Bola was the wife of one of Varad's lieutenants, so her husband was likely off to war with him. Aronia paused once more. Do you worry about your husband? she asked. Bola fidgeted for a moment and stopped rapping. Of course, she said. He is my love mate. I worry about him in every battle. But the world is not kind to orcs, and we must make our own way. Concern was clear in the orc woman's voice. She returned to rapping. Are they? Aronia paused. Are they raiding another elven village? Bola eyed her again, then shook her head. Trolls. The elves are not the only peoples who war with us. As I said, the world is not kind to orcs. We must make our way. Orcs and elves had long hated one another, but Aronia knew both races despised trolls even more. As savage a reputation as the orcs had, the trolls were known to be cannibals. They even hated one another. Trolls fought amongst themselves constantly, which thankfully limited their power. She was glad to hear that Varad was fighting them. Aronia inquired further. Will they come back with troll slaves? At this, Bola laughed heartily, her black mohawk swaying on her head as she did so. Oh no. No. 
Have you ever met a troll? She asked. Aronia shook her head. You might as well enslave a rabid dog. They would die from collar burns on their first day. Bola smirked. Besides, they are not nearly as pretty as you. She reached over and pinched the elf on her thigh playfully. Aronia sighed. I do not think orcs see beauty in the same way that elves do. She replied wistfully. Bola feigned outrage and gasped. What, am I not alluring? She asked. Just look at these. She hefted her large orsish breasts up as if to put them on display. Aronia giggled. I meant no offense. Elven men never liked mine, so I doubt you would fare much better. Bola heightened her feigned outrage. Pa. Fools. As best I can tell, elven men would like nothing better than to marry a stick. Aronia suddenly became worried. Her brow creased, remembering she was still a prisoner here. She had become so close with Bola that at times she forgot her situation. I really didn't mean to offend you, she replied. Bola pinched the elf again on the thigh. Do not worry so much. My husband desires me, and that is what matters. She wiggled her hips flirtatiously. We are friends, and it would hardly be a friendship without occasional mockery. The orc smiled warmly. You truly are beautiful, and if the elven men do not see it, that is their failure, not yours. Aronia blushed. She was still not accustomed to the kindness Bola showed her, or to compliments of her beauty. She had been sometimes told that she has a pleasant face, but amongst her people, Aronia was far too tall, and her wide hips and prominent backside were considered unrefined and lower class. She shifted her weight slightly and spoke. Why are you and the other orc women always so kind to me? Bola's eyebrows raised in surprise. She stopped rapping once again and looked at her friend. Vered speaks of you often during the day when he is not with you, and his affection for you is plain. He speaks not just of your beauty, but of your generosity, and of your kind spirit. He has seen you out in the camp, helping the other elven prisoners. I have come to know you, and have seen the same. Bola paused. We orcs are attacked from all sides. The dwarves despise us, the trolls hate us, the elves believe we are monsters to be destroyed. If any woman shows us kindness, we do not question what race she is. Aronia shifted once more. I did not know Vered spoke of me so. Bola nodded and smiled. He adores you. He may adore me. Responded Aronia ruefully. But I am still his slave. At this, Bola's lips tightened. The two sat in silence for a moment, until Bola placed her hand back on Aronia's thigh more tenderly this time. You have a husband among the elves, yes? She asked. Aronia nodded slowly in reply. And did he not see your beauty either? Like the rest of those elven men? Did he care for you as Vered does? Aronia hesitated. We made love at times, but... The elf trailed off and fidgeted slightly. Kalan had rarely shown her much kindness. He lay with her only occasionally, and when he did so, thought only of himself. Bola seemed to understand. She leaned in further and spoke quietly to the elf. Your husband may not see your beauty, but Vered does. He had never taken a slave before you, and he would risk his life to protect you. If the elven men would not do the same, perhaps this is where you are meant to be. Aronia's pointed ears flicked unconsciously, and she tucked her long silvery hair back behind them. She was an elf, born in an elven village, and with an elven husband. Those were her people. The orcs were among the elves' most constant and most ferocious enemies. And yet she could not deny the truth of Bola's words she had seen for herself that Kalan would not risk his life for hers. She felt confused, and her heart ached with it. The two friends returned to rapping. They continued to chat, and eventually finished up the last of the bandages. Bola got up to store them for the monk healers, then turned to Aronia again. The warriors will likely return soon. They have been gone for nearly three days, so the fighting must have been grueling. Bola paused and looked at Aronia meaningfully. Vera truly does need you. You are the source of his strength, now. When he returns, try and comfort him. Whatever he requires. 
It was well past sundown when the drums in the center of the Orsish camp finally began to beat their steady rhythm and the horns began to blow. Bola had become increasingly nervous as the evening wore on, but jumped up immediately when she heard the sound. They are home! She shouted, her elation palpable. After a moment, she looked down at Aronia, still seated. For long battles such as this, the partners of high-ranking warriors often meet their loved ones at the palace gate. Come! I am sure you would be welcome. Bola reached out her hand and smiled warmly. Aronia still felt uncertain, but she placed her hand in Bola's and stood up. Quickly, the two women rushed off. When they arrived at the palace gates, several other orc women were already there waiting for their mates, speaking to one another excitedly. As Aronia and Bola approached, they seemed surprised by the elf's presence at first, but Bola spoke to them in Orsish slowly enough for Aronia to understand. The elf is Aronia, and she is Vered's strength. He would want her here. There was a moment of silence, but then the other orc women nodded, and after embracing Bola, they embraced Aronia as well. Aronia thought again of the disdain elves had for orcs. They would never welcome an orc into their fold this way. Elven culture was refined and sophisticated in many ways, but they thought of all other races as beneath them perhaps most of all orcs. Point one of the Orsish women introduced herself as Naz. She was uncommonly short for an orc, almost half a head shorter than Aronia herself. Her black hair was fashioned into two long pigtails, a common style for Orsish women. She accepted Aronia's presence without hesitation. Earth Mother bless you, Naz spoke as Aronia struggled to keep up with her orsish. You are welcome here. Have you received the warriors before? Aronia's orsish was not yet good enough to reply in kind, so she asked Bola to translate for her. Vered has visited me after battle. The elf responded, then she shook her head. But never at the front gates. And never a battle like this. Naz looked at her slyly. He will want to see you. Our men can be forceful after such a fight. Tend to him. He will need you. Aronia nodded dutifully in reply. Some time passed, and Aronia began to nervously twist strands of her silver hair between her fingers. She felt at her collar. What would happen if Vered had been slain in battle? Would she be given to another orc? Thrown in the dungeons after all? She was a slave, but she could imagine much worse fates than this one dot finally. The Orsish men made way to the palace, and Aronia could see Vered at the front of the tribal chieftains. The huge orc's hulking armor was covered in dirt and blood, but after looking closely, she could see it was not his own. He stood tall and strong. She breathed a small sigh of relief, and realized she was happy to see him safely return to her. As they approached the women, Bola leapt forward and embraced her husband. He grabbed her with both arms and kissed her passionately. He groped her buttocks right in middle of the hall, but Bola did not seem to mind. She chuckled and continued kissing him. Vered came to Aronia, his face still focused and intense from war. He looked down into her eyes and spoke to her in Elvish. It is good that you are here. His hand reached up and brushed her cheek. We have won. We have taken back lands the trolls took from us generations ago. The orc looked back towards his lieutenants. Our lands are ours alone. He yelled in Orsish, and the other warriors cheered and beat their chests rhythmically. Vera turned to his elven slave again. His nostrils flared, and his shoulders heaved with threatening energy. Aronia was unsure how to respond, so she simply smiled up at him. But she did not have to respond. Suddenly, Vera picked Aronia up with one arm and threw her over his shoulder, and she yelped in confusion. To quiet her, Vered smacked her full elvish bottom and began carrying her towards her chambers. Aronia heard Bola snort with bemusement behind her as the din of returning warriors gradually faded into the distance. As the huge orc carried her, Aronia occasionally squirmed slightly on his shoulder, and each time she did so he smacked her again on the bottom. Once she had stopped protesting, the orc slung her off his shoulder and carried her in his arms. His chest smelled powerfully of blood, dirt, and sweat. She looked up at him, and remembered what Bola had told her, comfort him. Whatever he required. Master, I. Aronia considered her words carefully. I am here to please you. 
Verid looked down at her, his face still focused. Good, was his short reply. When they arrived in Aronia's slave chambers, Verid finally set her down. The orc stared at her again, his nostrils flaring once more, his body still radiating that ferocious intensity. For the first time in many weeks, Aronia was frightened by him. She looked down at the floor, and her elven ears bent back submissively. There was silence between them as he stared intently at her. Verid began to circle Aronia almost predatorially. When he got behind her, he snorted and smacked her once more on the bottom. He then grabbed the loincloth Bola had given her and tore it from her body. The elf gasped. He circled back to her front and grabbed at her top, and her generous breasts spilled out before him. Aronia instinctively moved to cover herself, but then let her arms fall and allowed the orc to see her. Verid circled her once more, his eyes hungrily drinking in her naked body, his broad shoulders still heaving with adrenaline. Although Aronia remained anxious, she had never seen any man look at a woman as hungrily as Verid now looked at her, and her heart fluttered. Eventually, he placed his hand upon her collar and spoke, his voice forceful and dominant. You are mine! Aronia nodded apprehensively. She could plainly see that Verid's anger was not aimed at her. It was the trolls who had ignited that ferocity. Instead, she was his release, and she tried to remind herself what Bola had told her he cared for her, and would not truly hurt her. She could see he needed her, and so she reached up and placed her hand upon his armored chest timidly. Verit seemed pleased by her willingness, but then moved her hand away and quickly began to remove his blood-smeared armor. As his top covering fell to the floor, she could see small wounds on his chest and abdomen, but they seemed superficial and, given his immense strength, did not appear to hinder him. As he removed his leggings, Verid's enormous cock sprung free, and Aronia could see it was almost entirely hard already that he moved to her once and encircled her with his broad arms, and she placed her hand back on his now bare chest. As he held her, Aronia realized she had grown to enjoy the way he made her feel so small and delicate. She could smell again that sweaty, bloody mixture of battle upon him, and she found the aroma somehow intoxicating. Verid was often gentle with her at first, but not tonight. He picked the pale elf up and effortlessly tossed her on the bed. Her body jiggled about as she landed, her silvery hair splayed across the covers, and she squawked once more in confusion. Verid then approached the bed and she opened her legs submissively for him as he placed himself between them. He looked her in the eyes once more, and Aronia could feel her own chest heaving with nervousness and anticipation. Verid leaned over her, his face now just above hers. He took her chin in his hand as she looked up at him with her pale blue eyes. Who do you belong to? He asked the elf with that deep, powerful voice. Aronia thought briefly of her husband. She hesitated for only a moment, but Verid sensed what she was thinking. To her shock, he slapped her across the face, and she gasped at the sting it left. His voice grew more assertive, and he asked her again. Who do you belong to? Aronia stammered. He slapped her once more, and Aronia felt tears well in her eyes. Who do you belong to? He said even more forcefully. This time there was no hesitation. She replied to him in Orsish. I belong to you, she said breathlessly. I am yours. Verid nodded approvingly, then stroked her cheek to soothe it. Good little elf. He told her dot Aronia's face flushed. The sting of the slaps, the soothing touch, and the praise created an unfamiliar mixture of pleasure and pain that inflamed her and left her fuzzy. Verid then sat back on his heels, took the elf's delicate hand, and placed it around his cock. She reached down between her legs and began stroking it for him, and he grunted in pleasure. Despite her circumstances and her stinging cheek, Aronia still found it perversely satisfying that she incited such lust in her orc master. He wanted her urgently, and she liked being so desired. Verid ran his hands through her silvery hair, then pushed her face towards his groin with his huge, muscular arms. Tonight you live to please me, he told her forcefully. What my cock with your mouth? Aronia shifted her body to get up on all fours. As Verid pressed her face toward him, the smell of blood and sweat was especially pungent, and with her face so near, 
she could see now that the ridges and bumps that had given her such pleasure were intended to seal the seed inside the orc's mate. At his command, she ran her pink tongue along the sides of his cock, covering it in her saliva. The taste was earthy and salty. She kissed and licked up and down the length of the shaft, leaving strands of saliva as she did so, doing her best to moisten him completely she did not want to be punished again. Good little girl, he told her once more, as his grunts grew fiercer. Although she was ashamed to admit it to herself, Aronia took pleasure in his praise, and it aroused her. Once his cock had been thoroughly covered in her saliva, Verit pushed her back down, and Aronia did not protest. She wanted to please him, and eagerly spread her soft, pale thighs once more. The hulking orc sat between her legs and placed his huge penis upon her pale belly letting her visualize just how far inside her it would go. He rubbed it against her, then took her hand again, instructing her to move it to her sex. Aronia took a deep breath, then guided his enormous member to her entrance. Verid began to push his cock inside her, and her pussy accepted it much more hungrily than she expected. She was wetter than she had realized. She watched as the swollen, bulbous head of the orc's cock stretched her open, and she whimpered in pleasure. Verid grabbed her by her waist and began pushing into her, only shallowly at first. Aronia felt those ridges along his penis press and rub against her inner walls, and she began instinctively pushing into him with her hips. As more entered her with each stroke, his thrusts grew longer, and the elf's whimpers turned to moans. Once Verid felt the base of his cock press against her sex, he leaned forward again, grinding his pelvis down into hers making sure she felt every inch. The ridges along his shaft stimulated and stirred her insides as he gyrated. Aronia still felt the burn of his slaps on her face, but the pleasure of his movement overpowered it. The elf writhed in satisfaction beneath him, and she draped her arms around him, stroking his muscular back encouragingly. He continued grinding his hips against her, and she felt his hard pelvis rub against her clit repeatedly. The elf's moans grew louder, Vera then sat back up slightly and grabbed her milky, supple legs, bending them backwards so that the elf's knees pushed toward the sides of her head, almost even with her pointed ears. Holding each thigh in his firm grasp, the orc squatted above her, let out an especially brutal grunt, and slammed into her. Aronia gasped loudly at the sensation. Vera began working his powerful hips to plow her from above, somehow fucking her more deeply than he ever had before. The orc began to increase his pace, thrusting in and out of her, and she could feel his huge orsish balls slapping against her bottom with each stroke. The mixture of pleasure and pain at such deep penetration was exquisite to her. Because of the angle at which Verid held her, Aronia could easily look down and see their coupling she saw his broad, gray, muscular orsish frame crouching above her and exerting itself as he fucked her. She watched as his huge, dark, cock pumped in and out of her elven pussy her pale bottom rippling each time he smashed into her. The contrast between their bodies aroused her further. And whatever fear remained in Aronia had now turned entirely to lust. She took her legs from his hands and bent them back still further for him, inviting him in even deeper. With his hands freed, Verid reached down and grabbed the elf by the neck, just above her collar. Still boiling with pent-up aggression and grunting ferociously, he began to choke her as he fucked her. His pace did not relent. Verid leaned in, staring into her pale blue eyes. You are mine, he growled. The elf met his gaze as she struggled for air, and she gave what small nod she could doubt he pumped her harder, more savagely than he ever had before. Every thrust felt profound, the ridges and bumps on his cock making her feel every little movement, the sheer size of it stretching her beyond any limit she thought she had. His choking only accentuated her pleasure. As she struggled for breath, the elf urged the huge orc on with the little orsus she could think of. Please, she gasped. I want it. Please. Her pale elven face turned beet red from Verid's grip, but she did not ask him to release her. The pleasure from Verid's cock and the pain from his hold on her neck created a cocktail of sensations that Aronia found overwhelming and carnally satisfying. Beads of sweat rolled from the orc's shaven head and fell upon her belly and breasts. Finally, Aronia could take it no longer. Her ears flexed backwards, her toes curled, 
and she let out a strangled shriek as she shuddered in orgasm. Her legs shivered in her grasp, and her elven pussy began fluttering around Vered's huge cock, coaxing it on, urging it to give over its seed until the hulking orc obliged. Vered grunted once more and slammed fully into her. The elf could feel his balls tensing and releasing against her bottom, and felt his cock throbbing as it emptied its load into her, then again, and again. After what seemed like an eternity, their orgasms subsided. Vered released his hold on the elf's neck and slumped down to her side. Aronia gasped and took her first full gulp of air in some time. The two sat there recovering, each breathing heavily, until Aronia turned on her side to face the orc. They lay there facing one another, panting and staring. Vered ran a gentle hand across her cheek. Suddenly, Aronia began to cry. These were not tears of sadness. They were tears of release, of catharsis. She had profoundly enjoyed the way Vered had just taken her, but it had been physically and emotionally exhausting. Vered, his aggression now dissipated, surrounded her once more with his brawny arms and soothed her, allowing her to recover. The elf set her head upon him and sobbed, and he softly stroked her hair and back. Once her tears began to subside, Vered spoke. I am sorry if I harmed you, he said. I did not, no. Aronia exclaimed, uncharacteristically interrupting her master. No, I. I liked it. It was just so much. She shook her head. It felt good, just overwhelming. That's all. She leaned back slightly and looked up at him with her pale, blue eyes. Her elven ears flicked, and she placed her elegant hand on his cheek. I liked it very much, she said as she smiled up at him. Vered sat in silence for a moment as he looked upon her beautiful elven features. He then leaned forward and, for the very first time, kissed her. Aronia was momentarily taken aback. She had learned that kissing in orc culture was considered an especially intimate act, and not something done with casual lovers. But after that first moment of surprise, Aronia began to return the kiss, letting his tongue swirl with hers. They sat there in bed, naked and kissing for a long while. Eventually, Vered pulled back and put his arms around her once more, and Aronia looked up at him again. I am a slave, she said flatly. But if I must be a slave, I am glad you are my master. Aronia wiped away the remains of her tears. She softly touched his chest, still smeared with blood from battle, and stroked its hard, dark musculature. She was a prisoner here and yet Vered was kinder to her as a slave than her husband had been to her as his wife. Her brow creased with a confused mixture of emotions. She shook away such thoughts, then placed her head back upon Vered's chest and lay against him. She felt his strength, felt his heat radiating against her, and felt the warmth of his orsish seed inside her. He brought one hand to her head while the other caressed her bottom. Eventually, Vered lay on his back and she nestled into the crook of his arm. Vered had never spent the whole night with her, but tonight he did. As she drifted off to sleep, Aronia thought of the kisses Vered laid upon her, then thought again of her husband and of her people. Her heart ached with confusion, and she instinctively brushed her hand against her collar. Just before the dream took her, Aronia remembered she would need to ask Bola tomorrow for a new set of Orsish clothing. Continued in part two.